This is Multinew Media. So this week we're here talking about customer engagement, setting narratives, telling stories, I think is the purpose uh, that we have this week. So let's introduce ourselves. I'm Chase Raz, and you are? I'm Chris Ayers. I'm a developer. You're a developer. I, I don't know what I I'm just Chase Raz today. I'm not going to be just anything Chase special. Raz today? Yeah. yeah people I can't always, take off my development hat. People um, can go back to my other life. episodes if they want to know who I am. But it seems like um, more and more these days, I have one foot in one door, one in the other. And... Uh, I, I told you that. It, it, yeah, you you did you did say that, and it's even more aggravated than you realize, uh, because with with all of the things I do, almost every single thing I do right now. First of all, I'm a man of many different hats, and when I put one hat on, every single one of my hats is split down the middle right now, and uh, I'm in a state of utter confusion. But you know what else is in a state of utter confusion? Most people's brands. What can we do about this? How how does telling a story? relate with someone's branding or products well your branding should reflect well it it depends but your brand should reflect your company or your product or the ideals or principles that you and your company or your products hold right before anyone thinks oh here here these guys go again it's it's going to be more people talking about branding more people talking about marketing i i think we'll have a distinctive approach here in the sense that so many people are concerned about storytelling and we hear storytelling over and over and over in business of we've got to be better at storytelling. But at our cores, we're not necessarily storytellers if we're business people. And so we want to take a look today at some of the different tools, technologies, tips, tricks, all the different things out there that we can do in order to tell better or to have better narratives with whatever it is we're trying to do. If it's interpersonal relationships, whether it's our social media marketing, whether it's um, advertising a product. Yeah. I mean, um, I interact with stories a lot because, you know, I engage with clients. Uh, I'm a consultant. Um, I work at a consulting company. So we want to understand what our customers' brand is so we can help them uh, find that story. So people that do and, – and sometimes we, we recommend changes to branding or sometimes we we go, well, th- this brand doesn't really identify with you. I mean it, it's a, a logo you've had for maybe 20 years. Maybe some tweaks might help or let's take that brand and reflect it in the rest of your, your website or let, let's try to uh, take some of this history you've told us about your company and bring that into – uh, your, your site, your brand, your products, you know, make, make that story about, you know, this business or this product that you care about, share that with customers. I mean, we're all people, we we all have empathy. Well, most of us do. Um, and it's not a play or a ploy or, or just, uh, let's trick them so that they feel something and we sell them more. If, if, you're honest and upfront about a business. I mean, yes, it's about making money, but for some people, it's a passion and uh, a love affair with their work and what they do. And so, sharing that with people uh, comes out when you when you hear their story. That's really something that most business, but most businesses seem to be working on these days. Because here's here's where we come from. We come from a particular culture or time frame or whatever else we want to arbitrarily blame this on 
where most of our business activities are really centered around sales of I have to push as much product as I possibly can. And one of the reasons we do that is so that we can afford more equipment or development or whatever else so that we can get more product to then have to push. And it's been this idea of how can we make the customer, the consumer, the end user feel absolutely incomplete without us. But the reality is, is there any product or service other than, you know, water or food uh, or a couple of other things we could joke about that you're really incomplete without? And so, you know what they say, sex sells. <laughs> let's take every single desire, every single uh, unfulfilled fantasy and, and really drive it into people and say, see what you didn't get to experience. But if you only buy our product now, there's one thing to of course, try to make you taller more handsome, stronger, thinner. <laughs> just just take it, you know, drink the yeah. magic elixir. It's yep. not sna snake oil, we promise. But when we switch this narrative, and that's a word I keep using for this, when we change the narrative and it's no longer about, look how bad everything is without us, and we make it into, now nah, you're doing pretty fine. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're doing just fine, but look what we could help you accomplish in addition to what you're already doing. I think that's a much healthier and a much um, more well-received message that if we if we start looking at some of the research, we could pull up quantifiable research that shows that we're, we're getting better success with, or at least starting to get better success with that type of, uh, uh, that type of initiative these days. Well, look, I'm not taking ad dollars from Panera, but if they want to send them my way, I'll take it. But Look at their advertising and their message that they try to get out about, you know, they're using these ingredients and helping the community and stuff. Sure, it's a marketing campaign, but there's some of their story in there that they try to, you know, distribute and share. That's a little bit about what I think I'm talking about. But there's also, like, on a project, we definitely want to hear. So there's a couple of levels. So stories fit into how we develop software as well as what we develop. You know, uh, the, the, the high level is definitely the narrative the, of a company or a product. But when we start on a project, we also break it down even more into what they call user stories. So we tell, like, our requirements for, for software or for a product stories about, like, how the user interacts with it. As a user, I hit the site, I want to see this stuff. As a user, when I search for something and I hit the search button, I expect to see this stuff. So we we even kind of document the requirements in stories uh, because people don't want to read legalese. People don't want to just all see, always see charts and graphs or numbers. They want to have that empathy and, and, and put themselves in that place. So as a user, uh, uh, you know, when I'm doing this activity, I want to have this interaction or see this thing or do this thing. Um, and that builds into, hey, as a company, we're not just some heartless, faceless thing. We started, you know, with mom and pop in the back of a shed. We we started uh, doing these products to help our family, and everyone loved them. So we we've started, you know, distributing them more widely. Like that story is who they are, and it, we can kind of see ourselves in that. 
Right. If anybody's listening right now and they're thinking, yeah, all of this is great in talk, but what do I really do? Well, last week I published a, a blog post, and we don't typically do a lot of blogging on multi new media, but the blog post from February 5th is uh, me talking about reinforcing your message through narrative. And I'll give you the too long didn't read version, which I do put in the um, the bottom of the post as well. But bottom line is is take a look at all of your marketing materials, all of your branding materials, right? Anything that you have, whether it's uh, as simple as your business card or as complex as a 15-minute documentary type of video that you show to new employees. Take any type of materials that you have and ask yourself, does that material address the who, what, where, when, how, and why of either your product, your brand, or company? And this is where you start. It seems so simple, but really do that. Take and review your materials and create a checklist with those options. You know, the five W's and the one H, who, what, where, when, how, why. If you can't put a check mark next to any one of those directly related to your marketing materials, you need to send them back to the drawing board. Uh, again, I would refer people to multinewmedia.com to take a look at it because I, I gave two tools uh, that creative writers and script writers and story writers and novelists all use first of all the the plot diagram uh, and I'll save it you know no need to go through that the the article does that but also I pulled something from elementary schools and primary schools something called the story hand which uses the five digits on a hand to walk through the different requirements of telling a story like what are your characters what's your setting and so on and so forth so that's really the first place you you start is you don't try to come up with some new master plan Take a look. We want to get there, of course, but take a look at what you already have and, and use those little checkboxes that you have in your mind and say, does this tell who I am? Does this tell how we accomplish what we do? Uh, go through those types of questions and root out anything that doesn't give you a yes answer. Yeah. Once we've done our review, how can we better take the messages that we create and get them out there? How how do we really take these materials and distribute them out to the masses? Well, um, your your story should um, like you can start telling part of your story on your homepage. You can show pictures of your employees. You can show pictures of people using your products. I mean, it's not just marketing, but I mean, it's actually like the motivation behind the products. Um, you can. I, I know everybody has an about us and there's a company history, but it doesn't need to be that formal. It doesn't need to be that segmented away if it's integral to your company. Um, you know, I, I, I'm at a client site right now and all their, their boardrooms and conference rooms and, and little meeting rooms they use are, are named like by the department. So like the, the real estate department has all these like meeting rooms named after like compass or uh, highway or, or, or something related to, to real estate. The, uh, the IT department or networking department has like meeting rooms like uh, thumb drive and, and router. And, and, and so it, it, that culture is like through the business and they're, they've, and that's um, really, uh, you know, that's really no cost branding. Right. And it's it, it just, it's part of the culture. Like culture is very important at businesses and companies. Like if there's a great culture where the employees feel invested, that kind of gets infectious and kind of spreads out a little bit when, I, I mean, it's not just like it's a family, but people are brought in and made to feel like, hey, this, 
this company is not just this thing. It's, you know, they, they, they care about us some. And that is free branding and free marketing where they tell their family and their friends. And, and you know, you have a vendor come in. Just and incorporate they- it. Like websites, uh, flyers and advertisements, like little bits and pieces of it. Anecdotes. Like, you know, you meet people. How do you start getting to know someone? They, they tell stories. Like, hey, you know, when one time in college I did this or, hey, I had a job where we did this. Like they share stuff. Now, what about what's your idea on this? So if we're taking and we're doing as much no cost branding as possible through really just telling our story in the existing um, uh, the existing channels that we have. What about this idea of really trying to go for something and taking it viral of all of these companies that are out there hiring social media experts and saying, all right, build me this great video that everybody's going to share. I almost wonder uh, about the efficacy of that and whether it's worth any money that you put into that. Do you get a positive ROI out of that? Well, well, maybe. But the thing is, if you get a positive ROI out of going for a viral campaign, how many dozens or hundreds of companies for each one that got it put money into that thing and are not getting it? It's almost virality is like going for the Internet lottery. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I wouldn't spend money. Going through a social media expert doing that almost. Like some of those things are better just like, hey, who's got a camera? Yeah, I mean you definitely want some standards and some quality. So, you know, you might use some of the time of your people or or maybe use outside one to do something low cost. But having like some candid photos of people, you know, doing company outings or activities or just having a video, um, you know, showing people like doing the products at work or or uh, building things or creating stuff or interacting. I mean, some of those little scenes and pictures and snippets like on the website or um, like restaurant menus, you see sometimes families and, and employees working or um, kind of in the back of magazines, sometimes you see it. I, I realize that those are kind of hidden away, but um, I think that those stories and those pictures and those videos when you can easily find them on a, a website and you're like looking up stuff about a company and you see that i think it makes you think about it a little bit more like it i think it has yeah. an effect yeah it does So much of our time is spent for uh, new business generation and we have to pull new visitors in or we have to get new clients. And, you know, that's where the, that's where the difficulty comes in. And even I hesitate about it because, you know, we're giving all these really good ideas and and, you know, just be authentic. Don't go for virality. Like I mentioned before, be yourself, be candid. But but at the end of the day, so many of these tools really do need to serve the purpose of bringing in new customers. And, and that's sometimes really hard to do. I mean, it, it feels inauthentic to go and try to post something in the attempts of being viral on YouTube. It feels inauthentic to, do, you know, do what I did or, uh, or earlier in the week and post a link to your blog post on your social media sites. But at the same time, 
you do kind of have to do something to let people know you're out there if they're not already aware of you. You can't fully rely on word of mouth, right? Right. Well, we we do technology consulting. They're like, hey, you know, it's not required. You know, you don't have to have your 27 pieces of flair. But (laughs) um, (laughs) if you guys want to, like, it's awesome if you go to, like, local user groups, like JavaScript, front-end development, back-end development. Go to those. Just participate. Because you're there, the community sees your face, your company name is associated with you when you say you work there. Um, later on down the line, that opens doors for consulting you because know, they've heard of you. They've seen you. They know what you can do. That's that's just the Post right mentality. Meet- that's that's yeah. it right there. This is awesome. Like go, hey, let's host a meetup. Let's have some uh, like lunch and learns and have people show up. We'll provide lunch and we'll just teach them some code stuff or do beer and coding. They participate in like the MS walks and cure for cancer, like walking or biking or 5Ks. They'll help host those things or contribute to them. So they're just doing things in the community so that the name – Maybe it's not super prominent, plastered on billboards everywhere, but for the people that, I mean, I really do think that the company cares about some of these events. It's not just a marketing thing. Um, A lot of these people hold uh, some of those events very dear to them and they, you know, are touched by the support that those groups help. And, you know, in each new area, you know, if we ever open another office, there are people there that might go, hey, let's go do the walk for you know, the animal shelters or something, because it's about what those employees kind of care about. Your name's out there just uh, among average people. They see the name. They're like, oh, you know, you just strike up a conversation. What do you do? Well, you're there. You talk. And that word of mouth does spread, but it does take time. But if that's the culture and that's instilled from the moment you hire someone to, hey, this is what we're trying to do. This is who we are. We want to support this community. It does build. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what some companies have a little bit of difficulty with because, or, or let me let me clarify, the, the the difficulty itself is letting the corporate culture emanate outwards in a way that is not controlled by public relations. So, y- you know, there there are times and there are places and there are certain companies where, let's say, you wanted to go do a five k or any type of run or walk or bike or whatever. And and this is a weekend event and you want five or 10 employees. They all get together. They're going out there. They want to wear company shirts. They want to represent themselves. Now, of course, they're free to do that. Our company prints shirts. But that's the thing. With stuff on them. There are some companies out there that you'd have to run that through the series of approvals and get it all, you know, and companies really need to let go of that and, and say, if you are doing your recruiting properly, Right. Your recruiting even becomes part of your marketing and your branding, because if you get the right Right. people in place, they will go out, they will network, you know, they'll be in these venues to have conversations about your business. And and just because somebody isn't your salesperson, just because somebody may be your junior level IT assistant, that person is is probably much more valuable than any company is letting that person be. Maybe you're the maybe, you know, somebody who knows somebody who's like the CEO of something or. Uh, we, we routinely look for new developers, new front-end developers or .NET developers, and there's a very big pipeline from every employee to HR. So they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we want you to recommend people. We want you to, you know, if you've worked with awesome people in the past, tell us about them. Like that is, every, everybody's, are, you know, feeding into 
the consulting business and the employees and the recruitment and we're all kind of contributing. You know, there is a concern about this, though, because I, I'm saying all of these things and I'm agreeing with you saying them. But at the end of the day, I'm also putting on my very introverted hat. Uh, I, I do tend to be an introverted person. Now, I, I love teaching. And that's OK. I love doing these shows. I love being um, out there in the world, but I, sort of on my own terms. And, and I kick myself quite frequently. And I think a lot of people do this. You shy away from a, some potential networking or social interaction, uh, but then you think when you do them, you have fun. It's just the pressure of doing them. And so all of these things, and people say, "Oh, well, now I have to get out there and really." No, I, you know, I think the real the real solution here is do what you love to do, and let the rest fall into place. Make the products you love to make and believe in, and b- believe that have market potential and the the ability to you know, impact others. And yes, we have to do some of that tough work to push a product, but you can be a little bit more holistic and, and just maybe push your comfort zone a little bit if you're an introvert like I am. But, we, you know, we we can get out there just doing the things we love. It, it's okay to be introverted. It, it's okay to not want to do those things. But a company needs all types. And it also, if you had a bunch of employees or a company doing company events like we're all going to meet up at the beach this weekend for a cookout, everybody's invited. Hey, we're going to do a happy hour. I don't drink. Eh, that's okay. But there's those opportunities. So if you keep seeing those, you might come out of your shell a little bit more. Right. And then, you know, and then it almost it's almost a difficult point in of itself, because not only do you need those internal team building situations to build the story. Uh, so that those folks can then go out and be essentially disciples for your organization, your brand, whatever. Uh, yeah. But but you, you really do almost have to market internally to your employees. I have this old old thing I, I tell people, and, and clients don't necessarily like when I say these types of things, but I'm blunt, <laughs> I'm introverted, and so I go for it. And one of the things I really believe in is employee, uh, companies rather act right now like the consumer is this end-all, be-all, and they're, you know, they can do no wrong. But we know it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's They can do no wrong as long as they'll give us money. And I think it's even worse, right, because that's a horrible way to be. And I think it's even worse how a lot of companies treat employees these days. And I ha- uh, what I say is that, you know, your opinion uh, is valued by a company until you get inside the doors. Now, for anybody shaking their heads and going, oh, that's a really cynical view, ask yourself if you haven't experienced that in the past with a particular employer. And if we're talking about branding and creating a story, what type of story do you have to tell? What type of beneficial marketing do you have to put out there if your employees feel like they can't even stand the company they work for? Um, well, you said something a second ago. After I started with my company, every every quarter, the owners, the founding members of the company, go to every office and they have a lunch with all the new employees, and they tell their story. They tell the story of the company. They tell their story, how they got there, and what kind of you know that culture that they're looking for and that they're trying to instill in us. That happens regularly. They, they as soon as you're hired, within a couple of weeks. The C, you know, the CEO, CIO are down there talking with you. You know, and I love that when it's authentic and it's real, because yeah. then people want to go out and promote the business. They want to talk about it. Yeah. They want to share the social media interactions. But I've also seen it done the flip side to where it's very artificial and very look at me, look how much power I have. You're a part of my no, organization no, now. I've, that and, was not how it was at all. Well, we're, right. We're, right, but you know, yeah. w- w- that little difference right there 
if people yeah. are thinking, well, you know, this is kind of not an issue about our communication and our narrative, then then I think we've done a bad job at, at getting the point across because the narrative can't just be how you are in your marketing channels. It can't just be the content of your commercial, right? You can go back and do the checklist I talked about of who, what, where, when, how, why, all you want. But if you're not also living that same thing in your actions and through well, your employees, then you need to send that back to the drawing board as well. It's called, yeah, employee buy-in. If, if, if you do have a culture and you do instill it, the employees aren't just there to, for a paycheck. Some will. Some always will be just there for a paycheck. But others will go above and beyond, push a little harder because it's a cool place to work. It's a good place to work. And, you know, they're, they're having fun with their, their coworkers. They're having they, – they see, you know, that they're respected and wanted. Um, something I didn't experience really for a couple of years in my career – was but but I have for like the last couple, uh, like five or ten is companies that do like quarterly dinners and, and pretty much say, hey, here's all our numbers, mm-hmm. here's the revenue, here, here, here. Oh, we had a loss this quarter, you know we're growing here. They're breaking down every office or every department and just laying it all out there for the employees, telling them how the company is going because it's everybody's company. It's not just the two or three owners at the top. Everybody who works there, their lives, their livelihoods depend on the company, and so they're they're disseminating that information. Like, hey, here's where we're at. Hey, we're we're shooting for this goal up here. These numbers are looking good. I, you know, we we were struggling a little bit in this area. Here's kind of what's going on in the uh, economy. Here's what's going on with our business. Like, uh, sales are up or down, or these expenses caught us off guard. Like, they're open about it. And, and it's been I've I've had that for like the last five years and it's it's really interesting. I, I yeah, of course you'd be surprised how many people, especially when you're transparent. If things are down a little bit, you will be absolutely surprised how many people, including the community around you, can rally or will rally around your business to help you turn the tide or to help you succeed when when your chips are down. That's the type of thing you just can't get. That's the type of community goodwill. That's the type of additional purchase someone may make just because they're doing okay and they know you could use it. You miss all of that if your narrative for your business isn't in place. Yeah. So let's keep this one a little bit short. Um, I I do want to conclude with a recap of what we've talked about because, again, this topic is, is very commonly discussed in a lot of different places and I know from having been in those places, from having heard these conversations and from having participated in them before, it's not always clear, right? We get this good feeling when we walk away, but then two days later, we're scratching our heads and saying, okay, now what the hell do I really do? Here's what we've come up with today in just about 30 minutes or so. First of all, review every type of um, marketing material you have. Review all of your forward-facing materials. If it doesn't meet the criteria of telling who, what, where, when, how, and why about your story, send it back to the drawing board. Do the exact same thing for your internal operations. Make things relatable. And in doing so, keep things light and fun. Try to have some type of mixers. Um, Include all sorts of people in, in, in your community, in your business, 
open the doors up and let people come and take tours of for for I mean how many people would sit there and say oh I'd love to see you know the operation especially if you have manufacturing or something like that if your doors aren't open to guests and and tours you you're kind of missing a big opportunity stop going for the viral stuff you 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 may have a good ROI if you you luck out but most of the time that stuff goes down in uh, down in the toilet quite frankly Show well, you, you just said it tours What's a popular show on the Discovery Channel? How it's made. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They just invite people in and let them see the machinery and stuff. People like that. Well, that's one of the things. At my univer- the university I teach at, we do tours on the hour, every hour. You can uh, just stop by the breweries do too. Yeah, you can yeah. stop by the university and be like, hey, I want a tour. And we're we'll like, all right, one's coming up in no more than 59 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the type of stuff you can do. The, the last things that, Chris, you were really mentioning are engage your employees, vendors, customers, all equally. Get everybody involved and do something with them. Uh, but both of us have been kind of hinting at the larger issue. We as business people have to shift our priorities, whether we're in tech, whether we're in marketing, whether we're in advertising, operations, manufacturing. It doesn't matter where we're at. We have to shift our priorities from trying to get control and money and power and move that over to trying to get influence. How do we influence so that we can create a larger economy for everybody to share in? How do we influence a narrative so that our employees love coming to work every day and love talking about us to people who could be potential customers or maybe other potential employees? It seems so, oh, I don't know. It seems like we're looking for some magical solution and it's all light and I don't know. the type a silver bullet. You you know, know, the classic stuff people would say, oh, that's all too touchy-feely and emotional. In this case, absolutely not. It shows a solid dedication to your product, to your business, to your employees, and that narrative impacts your bottom line. Uh, Just like interpersonal relationships, honesty, honesty and sincerity, those reach people. I think those reach people more than anything else. And people are used to seeing ads, they're used to seeing marketing, they're used to seeing fake things, and they've gotten pretty good at telling what's fake and what's for show and and what's real so be real Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, take care.